Mass is the place where we exercise our priesthood by offering all we've tried to do for God since we last took part in the sacred mysteries. God always returns our generosity with love without measure. It is His otherworldly love that draws us ever more deeply into the life of Christ as He is now, risen and glorified. However, the ultimate meaning of this Holy Communion can only be fully appreciated by realizing that it leads us not just to share in the life of the risen Lord, but into His very action, into His pure and perfect loving of His Father. In other words, we are drawn up into the infinite vortex of life and love that endlessly reaches out from the Son into the Father, and from the Father into the Son, from all eternity. It is into this trinity of everlasting life and love that Jesus came to invite us. This is the home for which we were created, for which we yearn the more we experience the love that surpasses all understanding as it reaches out to embrace us. However, this profound giving and receiving that is the heart and soul of the sacred mysteries will soon degenerate into a dry and barren formalism unless what is celebrated there is practiced again and again each day of our lives. The morning offering can be one of the most effective reminders to concentrate each moment of each day to the relentless giving and receiving that enables us to be drawn ever more deeply into the life of the three-in-one. However, when we have offered up the forthcoming day, we need to pause for a few moments further to pray for the profound union that only God can give to those who are open to receive Him. That is why in the memory jog for prayer that I've suggested, the fifth letter of the word parousia, you, stands for the Latin word unio, as a reminder of the profound union into which our prayer will lead us. For the daily loving involved in putting into practice our morning offering leads us into an ever-deepening at one with God. Father, we pray that we may come to know and experience the holy spiritual love that endlessly revolves between you and your Son, so that we may be at one with you, at one with ourselves, and with those you wish to love through us. So far in our prayer life, we've been doing all the talking. Now it's time to be silent, to wrap ourselves in deep interior stillness so that we can become docile and sensitive to the action of God as He penetrates us more and more fully. In short, we need time in our daily prayer to do what we should do immediately after Holy Communion. Now, the longer we can remain still and open to God's action in this spiritual communion, then the more we will be able to allow Him to fill us with the same love with which He filled Jesus Christ. At first, this is the most difficult thing to do in prayer, as it is in all relationships. 
in any relationship, there's a certain insecurity at first, and we tend to talk too much to cover up our embarrassment. It usually takes a long time to know someone before we can simply be together in a mutual silence that somehow seals the friendship. When everything has been said that needs to be said, the greatest joy is simply to be together in a silence that transcends even the most potent words. After all, what do words do but unite those who are separate from each other? But in the perfect one, there is a perfect and blissful silence. This is the high point in any relationship, and it is exactly the same in our relationship with God. Prayer always begins by using many words or prayers, but it always ends in a profound silence. When we begin to experience the love of the one to whom we have been speaking, sometimes to shattering degrees of intensity. Although it may be difficult to begin with, therefore, it is essential that we try to cultivate this inner silence so that we may eventually come to experience something of the fullness of love for which we were born. Knowledge alone does not change a person permanently for the better, but love does. That is why the saint who was once a self-centered sinner like the rest of us becomes the sort of other-considering person whom we all admire and wish to emulate. Silence is ultimately the spiritual womb where even the worst of us can be reconceived by the Holy Spirit who conceived Christ in the first place. That is why the sixth letter of our memory jog, Parousia, is the letter S, to remind us to try and cultivate inner silence. Lord, help me to put aside everything that has fragmented me throughout this day, if only for a few moments. Teach me how to be still and come to know that you are my God, not just with my head, but with every feeling, in every fibre of my being. Then let me experience something of the peace that surpasses the understanding, to draw me together again in you and in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Most of our actions are limited by the world of space and time in which we live, but prayer is not. It takes us into another dimension where the laws of space and time no longer apply. That other dimension is Christ, who is not only the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end of all space and time, but present in every moment of it and to everyone simultaneously. When prayer raises us up out of our world and into his, it enables us to be united with all who are in him, whether they lived in the past, the present, or the future. This is why there's no such thing as private prayer in Christian tradition. Even though the people praying may be totally alone in their own home, in the local church, or in the furthest reaches of the most distant desert, they are united with all who are in the family of Christ, with Mary, Magdalene, with Peter and Paul, with Benedict and Bernard, Francis and Ignatius, Catherine and Teresa. This is why the sincere prayer of the least of us is powerful far beyond our own personal spiritual resources alone. 
All my immediate family are dead now, but I try to remember them each day. I try to pray for others, too, who've asked me to pray for them, and whom I might otherwise forget, despite the promise that I made at the time. There is a wider world, too, that needs our prayers, but rarely asks for them. The daily newspapers, and even the news on television or the radio, can be used as an aid to prayer. When we hear about those whose suffering make us feel so helpless, remember them at the time we set aside for prayer. Now, just as you're unable to give to every good cause, you cannot pray for every good cause either, at least by name. So it is often a good thing to adopt one or two that have a special meaning for you. Although praying for others may seem to be the poor cousin of other spiritual exercises that appear more attractive, it is certainly not the case. For in praying for others, we not only forget ourselves, but we also open ourselves to receive, for it is in giving that we receive, even without us realizing it. The seventh letter of our memory jog for prayer, then, parousia, is the letter I, to remind us to intercede for those who have a right to our daily prayers. Lord, as I pray for my family by name, help me to picture them in my imagination so that my prayer can be more personal and directed to their individual needs. Let me pray for my friends too and for those who have particularly annoyed me during the day and even for my enemies as Christ commanded us. Finally, God, help those poor, deprived and suffering people whom I have heard about in the news today. You have given me so much. Help me always to remember them in my prayers and to do what I can for them whenever the opportunity arises. Thank you.